Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, this is Ryan and Brock. We're here with Chris Roller. It's yeah, an exciting are. day. Yes, We're man. actually recording live at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, which doesn't mean much to anybody listening. It just means that you're working. You have to say that so people know you're working. Yes, that's you're right. Here. Hey, speaking of work, the guy we're interviewing today, Chris Roller, happens to be your boss, he Brock. Is. I know. Yes. And it's almost bonus season, too. It so. is. Oh, really? Can I have a raise? Yeah. So, so how do you go about like officially asking for a raise, or do you ask? Hmm, are you asking Brock this? Or are you asking me I, this? I think I'm just throwing it out there, seeing how, I'll let, I'll how let, you respond. I'll let the person higher up on the hierarchy <laughs> answer that question. <laughs> I tell you what, let me figure it out first, and I'll get back with you on that there one. Because we well, here's what's really I, funny, and I only saw this through social media. First Baptist Rogers posted a video of Brock a yes. couple weeks back, Man, where Brock just listen. announced himself for promotion on stage on a Sunday morning. I tell you, if you want to see that, go to FBC Rogers on Instagram, watch that video because he straight up did it. Like, so he, here's what happened. <laughs> Is my title got changed. Okay. I used to be the student associate pastor. And so I think when I was announcing my title, because I preach every other week at Elevate, some people don't know who I am. I think I started to say student associate pastor, and then I tried to switch and say middle school pastor, and it came out as student pastor. Which would leave Chris jobless. Pretty much, yes. No, he's always got a job there somewhere. Mm, Interesting, interesting. Well, hey, Chris, you're a man of many hobbies. Uh, yes. Not only are you a student pastor, you're an avid Razorbacks fan. You oh, yeah. rarely miss a game. Right. Uh, and the Hogs are on the rise. That's a good thing. Uh, we have the first four games for sure. We right? have we're, risen we're way past better. where way we better. were. That's good. But you're also a flyer. I am. Uh, not like a fly fisherman. Not like you zip your fly. I, I guess that you do that also. I, I do. But you also fly in the sky. Yes. So yes. airplanes. How, how did you become a flyer of airplanes? Man, it was always a dream of mine. And uh, I finally got, when COVID happened and, and everybody kind of went on their own way, I was like, you know, I got some time. I think I'm going to do this. And uh, jumped in, got my pilot's license and finished my instrument rating a couple months ago. And uh, just kind of continue going forward. It's pretty fun. Well, that makes us feel bad about what we accomplished during COVID. Yeah, but now I get to fly with him. Yeah, is, there you go. Which is pretty big because I don't like flying. But yeah. I've flown with him, and I can verify that, that he's a good pilot. Tyler Dixon, however, might disagree. <laughs> We've had, we, had a, we had a bumpy flight with Tyler, but that's a, a story for another day. Oh, yeah, there's still sunflower seeds in that plane. Oh, awkward. Well, hey, Chris has been doing student ministry for a long time uh, in a, a lot really of different places. Time. And so... Uh, Chris is not as old as we may let on, but you've been doing it for a lot of long time in several yeah. different places. And Chris, one of the things that you talk about sometimes is apologetics and discipleship and how every student can be equipped to, to share their faith, know their faith, and live their faith. Right. And so would you just kind of flesh that out? Like, how, how have you seen that apologetics are increasingly important in discipleship? You know, what's so funny, especially when you think about college, I mean, it seems like the first thing that some professors set out to do is really unravel and get you out of your faith. Yeah. And so I feel like a student ministry, we have seven years, six years, depending on you know when student ministry starts, to really prepare you for what to expect. And, and I'll be honest with you, in student ministry, one of the things that's become hard is a lot of parents are not doing that anymore. Yeah. And so I feel like there's a there's a part of it where it's our job to do that because you know when you get off into college, we want you to be prepared for anything that somebody's going to come up and and say to you, especially a professor. How do you how do you react? when you're challenging your faith because we can get really mad about it we can get you know where we want to be very defensive and and even offensive in, in kind of how we respond but also uh, how do you when, when you are responding in love and not just in, in anger but when you are responding how do you do so in a way that leaves little room for argument 
So that's one of the things when you talk about discipleship, when you're preparing students how to launch into life, you need to put apologetics right in the middle of it. That, that's interesting. You said it leaves a little room for argument because I, I think that's something that, I mean, we're getting increasingly tired of arguing about things. No doubt. And, and, and apologetics and defending your faith doesn't have to be an argument. It doesn't have to be an all-out brawl. Right. Um, so what are some of the biggest questions that you find that students need to be able to answer as they go to that next phase of life? You know, I think the biggest one is how do you handle when somebody walks up and says God's not real? Yeah. You know, how do you handle that mentally? How do you handle it socially? How do you how do you go about in, uh, again, not necessarily having an argument, but having a conversation? How do you get prepared? So a lot of times with students, whenever they're, they're questioned in their faith, they're going to come to you and say, okay, hey, my teacher said this. You know, they said that, that yep. you know, creation, you know, that never happened. You know, there's no way creation happened. So how do I go in and how do I, how do I respond to my teacher? And a lot of times the students, what I've realized, especially in student ministry uh, and probably in college ministry too, but especially student ministry is they're not looking for an answer that's going to be just a definitive answer to, to the whole thing. But instead they're sure. looking, first of all, how do I respond to this teacher? Yep. How do I go in and argue with them? Because they, they, sometimes yeah. they want to argue. It goes back to that defensive that or yeah. even offensive type. But the second thing is a lot of times there's students who also have that same doubt. Yeah. And so when they get questioned in that, it's not just a question of going and responding, but also you know, how do I personally respond to this? Is what you said about the Bible, is that really true? Mm-hmm. Or, or is there some, some room there for me to even doubt my own faith as well? Yeah, and I think you know one of the things that you said that I think is key is in student ministry, we have students, ideally, ideally we have students for six to seven years. Yeah, yeah. You can't teach them everything, and, and let's be honest, they don't remember everything that we say, even <laughs> if we're the best teacher ever. But by giving them something and having those apologetic conversations, even if they maybe forget or they don't know everything and they come up with questions later, you've given them a resource to come back yeah, to. Yeah, that's a good word. And yeah. you, they, they know that there are adults who, you know, not just you know conspiracy theories. These are well-reasoned adults that have good arguments for reasonably believing in the truth claims of the Bible, the truth claims of Jesus. That you know are, are faith leaders that aren't just you know morons or, or goofy or, or whatever. These are people who have shown them real reasons to believe in the things that that they believe in. Right. Yeah, that's a good word. And if you look at the highest percentage of people who leave the church, typically it's right after high school. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of that is because people don't have not been really talked into their faith. We've shared Bible stories, and, and we should. we got to continue to share Bible but stories. But you, you said talked it. into their faith. What do you mean by that? Well, it's easy to talk somebody out of their faith, and they've never been talked into and They don't truly wow. believe what uh, what's really going on. Now, I would love to tell you that, that I came up with that quote, but honestly, it was Frank Turek who came up with that quote. Okay. And, uh, but Frank does a great job of explaining. He said, you know, we as Christians, especially as mentors, we've got to be teaching people, first of all, uh, what do we believe? Why do we believe it? But even more importantly, how do we defend what we believe? How do we how do we share it in a way that um, not necessarily to argue, but but how do we share it in a way where others see that our faith is real? Yeah. And I don't know that sometimes we don't kind of fail to miss that mark. I mean, we, we don't really do a great job always as pastors of teaching those things yeah. and really talking people into what we, we believe. So I think all of us and most people listening to this podcast would agree that apologetics are important. Like yes. we agree that apologetics are important. What are some ways that you've seen that you've helpfully implemented apologetics into the discipleship process of maybe a student small group that you have or even young adults or, or adults that you have a Bible study with? How can we better engage apologetics in discipleship? Because there's a lot of stuff we've got to teach. Right. A lot of us feel a burden to you know, preach through books of the Bible, teach the stories of the Bible. 
where do you find time? Where's the right place to really put apologetics in discipleship? That's a great question. You know, and one of the things, of course, you work with me, so you kind of know <laughs> a lot of what we do as well. Yeah. It's always like, how do we go younger? One of the things we're doing right now with our high school seniors is during our 940 life group hour, we have uh, several different studies going on within the life group. Right now, they're going through uh, Frank Turek's book, uh, Not Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, yeah. which if you're listening to this and you have questions, I strongly encourage you grab that book. Mm. It's an easy read. It's not necessarily a small book, but it's an easy reading book. Um, and then, you know, another great book is Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, yep. which is about a Muslim who gave his life to Christ. And it did not happen overnight. It happened over years of, of conversations and relationships and things. But is a great tool for us when it comes to defending our faith because it goes through a lot of why we believe. So that's one of the books, too, that we, we also use with those high school seniors. And then um, there's there's several other things we're going to go through. We'll, we'll eventually go through stewardship. We'll go through um, um, there's a book by David Platt. I'm totally drawing a blank on the name, but uh, Counter- the counterculture. 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 Thank you. Yes. And so we're going to be going through that as well. Great. Just You need to know what the Bible says about what we believe, but also how we live, too. And so it's going to go through some of that. I think where we have struggled in, in, in student ministry at First Rogers and something we're trying to get better at is how do we start even younger? Yep. And uh, me and Brock had lunch with Jay Warner Wallace a couple years ago, and, and he kind of he challenged I, I me. I ate food. Chris got to talk to him. <laughs> Brock still gives me a hard time because <laughs> Jay Warner Wallace talked to me the whole time. Great guy. Absolutely loved hanging out We're with him. We're excited because he's going to be at Lead Defend yeah, in 2022. Is. So yeah. if you're not planning on coming, leaddefend.org and find a way to be there. Jay, the, War- Jay Warner Wallace, if you're listening to this, I want another shot to have a conversation with you at lunch. Hey, we no, will. No. We'll interview him on the podcast uh, <laughs> this coming 2022. So it'll be a good time. But he wrote the book, Cold Case Christianity, in case you're wondering who Jay Warner Wallace is. But he, he challenged me. He said, you're, if you're waiting to their senior year, you've waited too long. Yep. Wow. He said the average student has probably already checked out of their faith by mm-hmm. the time they're 13 or 14 years old. Even if they're still attending, they're mentally checked yeah, out. they've left yes. the church before they've left church. Yes. Yeah. So we're looking at ways, um, I think probably moving forward, we're looking at how we train our, our parents. And let's just be realistic. Students are going to gain a lot more from their parents than they are us. Yeah. So much more influence. Way more influence. And they're going to trust their parents. And there's, there's a lot more to be said about that. So we're wanting to train parents how to teach apologetics, how to teach, um, you know, really what their family believes, how their, why faith is important to their family. And it's in a world where everything's being challenged. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's you know, COVID proved one thing to us. A lot of people checked out of church because they were scared to death of a virus that God had under control anyway. Yeah. And, and again, I understand there was a time we kind of all had to pull back to figure out sure. what was going on. That's just wisdom. But look at how many people still haven't come back because it's not that mm. important. And um, sports and everything else. I mean, we let a whole lot of stuff get in the way of the priority of church. And that plays even into a parent when you go to train your child and you're trying to bring them up in their faith and you're trying to teach them what you believe, they're also going to watch you. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me something's important and then go live the other way. And yeah. I think that's something that we want to help our parents understand, yeah. help them walk through that. And, and none of us are perfect at it. I mean, you know, it, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm Sometimes I wonder, do I stink as a spiritual leader of my family? And, and I want to get better even myself. So it's, it's a great way just to start reaching them even at a younger age. Yeah. Every parent's discipling their kids in something. The question is, what are they discipling them in? That's a big yeah. word. And, and one of the things I'm excited about Lead Defend this year is Lead Defend Foundations because our, our Lead Defend team has, has seen the, the importance of starting those conversations earlier, and we're going to give an opportunity for, for middle school students to come and get the experience of, of Lead Defend down at the city center at Emanuel Baptist Church. That's going to be huge, and, I, and I, I can't get that phrase out of my mind, a student being talked into their faith. And so let's, let's say there's a middle school, high school student listening right now, 
and they're saying, I don't know that I've ever been talked into my faith. Like, yeah. I've grown up in this church environment. I've heard all the Bible stories because I go on Sunday mornings. But what questions do they need to be asking so they can be talked into their faith? I think the first one is just, why do I believe this? Yeah. Why am I in church? Or do I believe this? Do I believe it? That's a wow. great question. Ask those questions. But but don't just stop there. And that's where I get so frustrated. People who I'm going to say, that, you know, I'm an atheist or whatever. It's like, how much have you really looked into it? Yeah, because that's a bold claim. It's a very bold a, a claim. A consequential claim. Yes. But so many times people have never really studied what they believe anyway. So yeah. they, they don't know. So, you know, it's, well, I'm just going to adopt the fact that God doesn't exist because I can't explain God. A lot mm. of people are really mad at a God that they don't believe in. Wow. That's right. Brock, that I mean that that's gold. They're well, mad at a god they don't even believe in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. And typically, when you when you really challenge somebody to study what they believe, if they're saying they don't believe in God, typically they're going to come to the conclusion, "Hey, I've got to at least say there's a god." You know, if you if you you know if you want to claim evolution's how we got here, go study evolution for a minute because. Mm. It's a theory at best. Yeah, we can't we did, prove anything with evolution. We did a great podcast with, with Bill Newton on that. Go check it out if you haven't got a chance to, to listen to that because Bill did a great job unpacking some of the, the flaws with evolution. Yeah. So a, a student can start asking those questions like, what do I believe? Why do I believe what I believe? Um, and and let, let's say they're not around a place where they can get great resources. Gotcha. Like they're, 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 the, they're the church and um, the pastor preaches Bible story sermons and, and they're incredible, but... You've mentioned some books that they can continue reading, but who are some people they can talk to about these things? Because you mentioned how, hey, professors are not always good sources. Right, right. I, well, so an, a great source is Frank Turek's podcast that he does, Not Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, where he actually sits in rooms full of college students, high school students, and actually goes and lets them ask questions. Yeah. It's easy to listen to. It's easy to watch. Um Another, and it's a small, small book called More Than a Carpenter, yeah. where Josh McDowell sat yeah. out to really disprove Jesus. Mm. Like, that was the whole reason he was doing it, and it backfired on him. Wow. Because he gave his life to Christ. And again, Jay Warner Wallace, another great, he was a homicide detective in California and decided to use everything he knew about being a detective to disprove Christianity. And again, it backfired. That's where his book, Cold Case Christianity, comes in. You know, those those are great. I would encourage you to, you know, if you're a student listening to this and, and, and you're struggling in your faith, you have a lot of questions, sit down with your campus pastor. Yeah. You know, sit down with, with your church pastor. I mean, we, we love having these conversations. Absolutely. We love getting to talk through this. We don't know all the answers. And so there's going to be times that we may look at you and go, I don't know, but I'll find out. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of who we are. We don't know all the answers, but at least have those conversations. Don't just assume that you were right in saying God does not exist or that, as our pastor says, some fuzzy-headed professor says, <laughs> you were right in, you know, in saying that God doesn't exist because you need to at least go look at what that means. I think sometimes, Chris, a lot of people are afraid to ask the questions. Yeah. Not because they're afraid of what the answer will be, but mm-hmm. because they're afraid of the questioning process. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid that when I ask the question, people judge are going to judge me or, oh, if everybody in this room doesn't have this question, like, am I out of place? Yeah. So do you all have a word for that student who's like, I have these questions, but I'm really hesitant to ask? You're not the first one. No. Wow. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Three of us sitting here right now, we probably all had those same doubts as well. I know yep. I have, mm. and I don't think I'm the only one at the table that yeah. has. I've, I have doubted before, you know, and I've mm-hmm. wondered, all right, am I believing a total hoax? And just because you just because you don't know everything or can't, can't know everything doesn't mean that there's not some things that we can definitively know. That's yeah. right. So there are some things that people have been arguing about in, within Christendom, Christianity for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. 
okay, we can have disagreements on those things, but there are some things that are definitively true that we can know. Don't let what is a, a question mark overshadow what is a emphatic exclamation point or a period. And I think for me, it was really healthy as a, a late teenager. I came to faith at 14 or so, but as a late teenager, it was healthy to me knowing, hey, God is, God is okay with being questioned. Not, yeah. not in an accusatory way, but God's okay with me exploring who he is and, and just really asking those questions. When I came to faith in Jesus, I literally just knew that God's Son came, lived, died, and rose again. Yeah. And, and I believed in that. So I didn't—I mean, I was taught in high school evolution, so that was still yeah. kind of what I believed right. because I just knew I believed Jesus. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started asking more questions that I realized— there's really more to my whole worldview that needs shaping yep. because of who God is. So, Chris, one, one, do you have something to add to well, that? I was going to say, one book to all that, you know, a lot of times people, especially intellectual students, and I know there's going to be some intellectuals that, that really, you know, like to dig in deep on some of this stuff. Yep. Another great resource is that is Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Sean McDowell and Josh McDowell. Mm-hmm. And it's a textbook. I'm not going to lie. That joker's, <laughs> it's huge. But he goes into so many details in that if you're willing to really study it, it's worth looking into, especially as a college student, um, just to kind of see, hey, you know, here is why this is written. And it goes through manuscript evidence. It goes through physical evidence. It goes through historical evidence. I mean, it really looks deep into why we can yeah. know how yeah. we can know that God does exist. That's big. And it, it was a it was a really a life changer for me when I actually looked into that book and realizing, hey, there's it's not just my faith that shows that God exists. It's so much more. Mm-hmm. Creation screams it. Chris, one one final question, you know, as we're thinking of all these different things, what what might you say in a world, especially social media online, deconstructionism is booming right now. Yeah. Hopefully something as we emphasize the importance of apologetics, the truth, that, that will begin to, to decline. But what would you maybe say to the student who's seeing all these even famous former former Christians uh, de- deconstructing? You know, they're thinking, you know, what do I really think about this? Maybe it's just time to give all this up. What do you say to those students tonight? You know, one of the things that I would—first of all, you know, you talk about Christians who, who are now, you know, saying that God doesn't exist. Realistically, they were probably never Christians. Yeah. yeah. They got caught up in student ministry, something that looked beautiful and all this stuff, and they, you know, just never really truly trusted in Jesus. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that out there, and there's, there's probably gonna be somebody listening to this going, "Oh, that wasn't very fair." But but I it, think that's a realistic. helpful distinction. It is absolutely because there's truthfully, most people are saying they walked away from something they never truly walked into. The Bible says they right. went out from us because they were not of us. Yeah. Yep. And I think about the, you know, when Jesus said, some will come to me saying, "Lord, Lord," and I'll say, "Depart from me, I never knew you." Yeah. And Scary those are people who, who screamed. Who screamed about God? We were in church every Sunday yep. and things. And you think about even the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were in church all the time. Mm. They're very religious people. And so religion does not equal Christianity. And that's something to think about. Um, the other thing that I would say in that too is don't be afraid to have conversations with those yeah. people. Yeah. Maybe not on Facebook comments, <laughs> you know, but maybe through Messenger. I, I've, I've learned that if you're going to have conversations with these types of people, you're way better off doing it privately than uh, as a public Eventually, you may make them feel stupid, and they're going to come retaliate and yeah. be pretty hard on you. Well, and the truth is they're, they're putting this out there because they feel like they have a story to tell, yeah. and, and they're looking for engagement with it. Yeah. I mean, that's the only reason we post the things on social media. Uh, and so I, I think students who have friends who are going through this process, sometimes they, they just mention things or put things out there that's like they're, they're looking for conversation. Yeah. But so oftentimes it's taboo that we don't engage well when the opportunity arises. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, any final word, Chris? Man, guys, don't be afraid to study your faith. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, just get in, you know, have conversations with pastors. But also, I would say when it comes to uh, looking for answers, don't use Google. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Listen, wow. If you, hey, if you Google a lot of Christian things, there's a few good resources that pop up, but one of the top ones are Mormon Mormon ads. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or, or just some trash yep. that people yeah. are paying for ads just, just to throw confusion yep. and doubt. Um, Chris Roller, um, an avid adventurer in all things the sky. Uh, Brock's boss and yep. uh, student pastor at First Baptist Rogers. He's still the student pastor at First he Baptist is. Rogers, Brock. So, Even uh, if Brock says that he is. Even if Brock claims the title. Hey, thank you for so much for being on with us and all that yeah. stuff. And Chris is going to be at Lead Defend 2022. And yeah, so absolutely. he's excited to see you there. Lead Defend, Lead Defend Foundations, March 5th. It's going to be a great time. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. See you guys. See you. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.